Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great film composers are great storytellers. And oftentimes, using music as a language, the melodies they create tell their own stories. This is The Soundtrack Show. Welcome to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins. And for those of you that heard our show Zero, our four-minute sneak peek, this episode might be a little similar, a little familiar to you, but we're going to greatly expand upon this idea of great melodies telling great stories. Before we get started on breaking down a couple of themes, I wanted to just tell you a little bit about The Soundtrack Show. As I mentioned, I'm your host. I've been uh, in the entertainment industry for about 20 years. Um... And, I, you know, I've, I've, I've basically been involved with anything that comes out of the speakers. So I've been a voiceover actor, a sound designer and mixer, and a composer. And I've uh, been lucky enough to just kind of bounce around in that area and even mix them all together. So that's really the spirit of the soundtrack show. Uh, what's in a name, the soundtrack show? Well, the name at first glance kind of suggests that it's all about music. And we will heavily, heavily feature music. I mean, I could do a whole show on John Williams alone. He's my favorite composer. But... The word soundtrack actually has a, a unique history. Um, there's this book called Mouse Tracks, the story of Walt Disney Records by Tim Hollis and Greg Airbar, and they basically say that the first soundtrack album released was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in 1937, the first commercially released uh, soundtrack album. So I guess that means that Walt Disney himself coined the phrase in releasing the soundtrack, the audio track. You know, just clean it up and just give us the hummable tunes and sell it as a record, you know, with music on it. I mean, the actual soundtrack uh, and what that is in the history of film is the audio track that contains the dialogue, music, and effects that is actually optically printed on the side of a piece of celluloid on a piece of film. That is the soundtrack. So um, I guess this show will honor both of those meanings, if that makes sense. Um, you know, a soundtrack album we will definitely cover. I mean, that's that's what we all think of when we think of soundtrack. It became kind of a gimmick in the 1940s. Um, you know, music, orchestral or popular or, or as underscore or, you know, as songs. I mean, that became a huge part of the movie business. It still is today. Um, so we will talk about that. 
this particular show is named for its literal meaning and its popular meaning, uh, being an album of music for visual media. So just a little bit about that. We'll cover a lot of music, but if the mood strikes us, we should have the freedom to chat about any aspect of a visual soundtrack soundtrack that we love. Speaking of what we'll cover, uh, let's just get this out of the way right now with some disclaimers. There's so much. There's so, so much. For those of you that don't know, I, I did a podcast for several years called Star Wars Oxygen, the music of John Williams, where I took a very detailed look with Rebel Force Radio at the uh, the soundtracks of the Star Wars saga. Uh, I think we covered eight films, up to eight films, uh, with John Williams and even Michael Giacchino's Rogue One. And we went really deep on that. I want to do the same for this show. So what's the goal with the soundtrack show? Well, my hope is that we'll geek out about what we love. Because if I'm in love with it, I want to cover it. This is not a college course. I mean, I can give some overview of the most influential film scores or video game scores of all time, but I don't think it will ever be complete. And lastly, because of the depth that I want to achieve that I mentioned earlier, it will take some time to get to all the things we want to get to, right? So that's why this episode, maybe the first few episodes, are more of an overview of what this show's style is. So that's why I want to talk about, uh, for those of you that listen to the first show, Star Wars or Indiana Jones music now, because it's awesome to talk about it now, but we may not get to it right away in terms of going in-depth on those particular movies. So why not preview the future of this show right now with the first episode? And then we'll go more in-depth later. Okay, well, let's get started. Uh, I want to play you a very famous melody and use it as an example of musical storytelling. Uh, you're all going to know this the second you hear it. Let's just go ahead and get started and check it out. Why does that melody sound so great? Why is it? Why does it just hit you so hard right away with uh, with what this is going to be about? This movie, Star Wars, which came out in 1977. Well, I think there are a lot of reasons for why it hits us so hard, and we're going to break them. We're going to break them down, um, and why it is that we immediately know what this music is all about, and we're going to do it in a way that everyone can understand. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All these subjects that I'm about to talk about, I'm going to talk about very briefly. And then I'm going to come back to them at a later date and go much more in-depth. Because this show is not just for musicians or people that uh, are familiar with music. It's for everybody. Even if you can't sing a note, I hope you get something out of this show. So I want to talk a little bit about music so that we have a common language that we can use to break some of this stuff down. Um, what is music fundamentally? Well, I'm going to break it into two sides, uh, pitch and rhythm. Let's start with pitch. Uh, when we speak, we're speaking with pitches all the time. We're speaking with tones and inflection. And, and, a, and a pitch in music is just sort of an elongated thing, right? Um, so if I gave you a pitch like this, it's a note that uh, beats at a certain frequency. And um, these notes in succession could be grouped together into things called scales. That's a scale. That's actually called a major scale, right? And multiple notes played at the same time create what we call chords, right? That's kind of a happy sounding chord. 
uh, we refer to this as uh, as a major chord, right, and a major scale. So you can think of a major scale almost like the light side, you know, the happy side of things. It's that thing that we use when we want to talk about things that are very happy, right? Um, uh, a lot of pop songs are made up of major chords uh, or chords that come out of the major scale, which again, chords are just to review a grouping of, of pitches put together, okay? And this is how you, you create uh, harmony with chords. And when you put these notes together and you put them in succession, you create songs, you create melodies, right? Well, so that's pitch. That all makes sense, right? Rhythm is simply how you experience these pitches over time. Just like me talking, I have to talk through time in order to communicate. Notes are the same way, right? Uh, rhythm is, uh, for example, in this piece, bum, bum, ba 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 bum, bum, ba 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 bum, bum. It's got these long, uh, big brassy notes followed with these exciting triplets to build up the next big brassy note, bum, ba ba bum, bum, right? Um, so long note, Long note, triple it up to the next note, right? Repeat. Um, these notes are are savored and they're and they're strengthened by these triplets, right? And they're just big and bold and 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 brassy and heraldic and almost like a military march in a certain way, but just so grand in their in their uh, presentation when you listen to it with the with the trumpets and things. Uh, getting into a breakdown of the orchestra is a whole other thing. But back to this melody. Um, this is in a major key, as I, as I mentioned. Um, there are other keys uh, or other scales. There's a minor minor scale, which you could think of as like the dark side or the opposite um, uh, of this major scale, which is like the light side. That's as far as I'm going to go. There are so many different scale types, so many different rhythm types, so many different chord types. Uh, we're not going to go there. We're just going to talk about enough so that we can get through Star Wars, okay? So let's get back to Star Wars and this main title, and why does it feel so good now that we have some, some words we can talk about? Well, George Lucas decided to create a space opera, a fairy tale for a new generation, and when he was working on Star Wars from 1974 to 1977 when it released, he really called upon the work of American mythologist Joseph Campbell. Uh, he was very inspired by Joseph Campbell's work. Joseph Campbell is an author and a speaker. He was a college professor for over 40 years. Uh, and he wrote a book in the 1940s called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, the, the gist of this book was that uh, cultures around the world, no matter where you're from, share certain pillars in your storytelling. There's a universality to myth. Um, the details change, but the core beats are the same. He called this concept the monomyth. And George Lucas was fascinated by this and used it as a guide in creating the plot to Star Wars and uh, creating the characters. They're very broad with very universal appeal. Um, the music is the same right? I can get into what the plot of Star Wars is, but I'm pretty sure you all know, so I won't go there. The music is the same. It is meant to have a broad appeal and have its own language. Well, why does it feel heroic? I keep coming back to this. I'm going to tell you a side story that, that will lead us to this, right? This presentation of the hero, right? This big interval leap up, this wandering down, 
and then this huge interval leap, right? And then back here to the dominant, and then he repeats it, walk down, and then huge interval leap, right? And then the kind of uh, denouement here. Well, those pillars of storytelling that Joseph Campbell said were, were uh, universal go something like this. You have the presentation of the hero. You have uh, the refusal of the call sometimes. Sometimes you don't. Uh, the hero does not want to uh, uh, do what, what's being requested of them. Um, you cross the threshold, which in the case of Star Wars is like going to Mos Eisley and leaving the planet. Um, you go through a series of ordeals. Uh, you you can lose a mentor. You can experience temptation. Uh, you can uh, be losing the battle. You're having a really tough time, and it all leads up to this big ordeal um, that you have to conquer in order to grow, uh, whether it be into adulthood or or become the hero of the story. Right? Um, this is these are these are sort of the the pillars of the monomyth that Joseph Campbell talked about. And uh, the side story that I was going to tell you is that I worked at Sony PlayStation for a few years and uh, peripherally worked on this video game called Journey, where this player has to climb this mountain in order to find uh, other people like them, find their people. Well, while I was working there, I listened to the game designer of that game give a talk. His name is Genova Chen. And uh, he talked about how he designed the game. And uh, he gave this talk about how he decided to shape the mountain, the actual topography, the terrain of the mountain um, was going to be shaped like the graph of dramatic intensity of the pillars of the hero's journey. So for example, if if the presentation of the hero on a graph was like 20 out of 100, then the crossing of the threshold would be like a, a 45 or a 50. And then the series of tests would be down at like 35%. But then like the big ordeal would be at 100% if you can picture that on a graph. And he's showing us that the mountain actually looks like the graph, you know, if you look at it from the side of it, this kind of jagged line of, of dramatic intensity, you know. Um, and then I was looking at that line and I was remembering what the actual notes of the main melody of Star Wars looks like. And I was like, the presentation of the hero, the crossing of the threshold, the gathering strength or the series of ordeals like the loss of a mentor like Obi-Wan Kenobi the big achievement like destruction of the Death Star and then of course he repeats this for reassurance and it's good it's just very musical and then the journey home or the denouement or the award ceremony it was then that I realized that great melodies tell great stories and the story of this melody is the hero's journey. It is the monomyth. It is the, the melody itself contains the hero's journey. The melody is the hero's journey. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a book I've been reading uh, by a guy named Vincent Persichetti all about uh, 20th century harmony. And, you know, in the 20th century, harmony got, um, I guess, you know, by layman's terms, it got weird. You know, it got it got out there, got very dissonant um, to the point where, you know, any note could lead to any note. And uh, things in the 20th century got very experimental. And even in the foreword of that book, he says certain notes have very fundamental basic qualities, free of any context. They have basic fundamental qualities. Um, they have uh, sometimes restless qualities. 
Um, they have, they have, uh, sometimes they have uh, very consonant qualities. Sometimes they have very dissonant qualities, but they make you feel a certain way at their core, no matter what, right? Um, you have to resolve certain things. Certain certain uh, musical ideas lead to other musical ideas. They 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 feel wrong if they don't. Um, that feels to me a lot like speaking a language. That feels like you're saying a sentence, right? Uh, if you have tension and you have the the need to resolve something uh, and not leave someone hanging, you really are giving um, verbal ideas with music. You really are. This is storytelling. Uh, if you don't believe me, let me just play you a little example of something that doesn't resolve. And what does this do to your psyche? Ah, right? Like, you have to resolve that. Um, music tells a story. It's a very extreme example, but you get the idea. Uh, music is a language. It's a language that composers use in order to, to communicate ideas. Um, and that's a great example of that. Now... Bear with me here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to look at another melody that tells another heroic story, but a very different one. Welcome back to the soundtrack show. We were talking about great melodies telling great stories, and we look at we took a look at the main title of Star Wars, and talked a little bit about music theory. Now we're going to talk about another melody. Uh, this melody also tells a heroic story, but a very different one. Let's take a listen. We all know that as the uh, the Raiders March, right? The theme for Indiana Jones from 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Also a very good feeling med- melody. Uh, also uh, something that gives you that sense of hero- heroism, that sense of, uh, of adventure is definitely all there, but structured very differently than, say, the Star Wars theme. First of all, um, it doesn't have all of this bombast that you get with uh, with the main title. I mean, if you listen to the main title again, it's just got like all this, you know, uh, this, I mean, these trumpets basically announcing the, the arrival of something totally grandiose, almost like royalty, you know, and all this stuff going on in the background, you know, uh, all these stabs, you know, in the background with the low horns and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot going on there, as opposed to the Raiders March, which is like, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to do all that world building that the main title of Star Wars has to do. It doesn't have to announce a whole new galaxy to you. It's just giving you the arrival of uh, the lone gunman, you know, the arrival of a hero on his adventures on planet Earth, a very familiar place, and out of the distance, maybe out of the horizon, there appears a hero. Right? Interesting. Um, we talked about different uh, different intervals and different notes, having a personality, having tension, having release, and things like that. That is absolutely true here as well. When we look at Star Wars versus indie, I want to just talk about the nature of certain notes. These are called uh, perfect intervals. You don't know if they're major 
or minor, right? You don't know what they are. They just, they're like, think of, think of them as like uh, the frame of your house. You know, it's like uh, the architectural pillars of music. Um, these are the most consonant in, in all the overtones and all the, all the harmony in, uh, in music, right? And, um, when you start on one of these notes, like right now I'm, I'm playing in C, when you, when you look at Star Wars, it's, it just pops you right up to the strongest note in the scale, right? And then up to there and then back up to the other strongest note. Cause you know, these are all the same notes, just, uh, octaves higher. We'll get to all that later, but you're starting on these pillars with the Star Wars theme, right? That's not what you're doing with the Raiders March. You're actually starting from a position of weakness and you're walking up to it, right? Cause you're down here. Right? So you're kind of walking up to it a little bit. What does that say about Indiana Jones versus, say, Luke Skywalker and the, the rebellion and the sort of galactic conflict. Um, also notice, by the way, it's not like this blaring horn section with the entire orchestra going nuts. It's just a few trumpets just giving this kind of uh, lone melody, right? Indiana Jones is always in over his head. He's always uh, having to use his wits and his cunning in order to survive. He just can't survive by brute force. So he walks up to, to his goal with a lot of effort. And sometimes he takes a few hits, right? It's not easy for him. He just took a step back, right? So what does he have to do? He has to push even harder. And he pushes really, really hard to get to where he needs to be. In order to get to his final goal, he, he's gonna go through a lot of hardship. And then we get it again. And then we get this chord that is totally out of the major scale. Right now, everything's just been in the major scale. Everything I've played for you has been in that grouping of notes. And then suddenly we get this borrowed chord. Um, right? It's just out of nowhere you get this flat two chord here. Right? That's danger. That's danger. It's going to be tough to do what you need to do, right? Um, this, he could die. I mean, this is he is a mortal man. He is not a superhuman or a Jedi or anything like that. But then you finally get the relief at the end. You get the walk home, right? That's the difference between Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Star Wars main title. Both very, very famous themes. Both trying to achieve storytelling for very, very different stories. Um, there's a reason why these things are different. And the thing about music is that it works on our psyche as... Um, it works on our psyche subconsciously. It works on a subconscious level. Uh, as, as John Williams says, uh, actually he was quoting Alfred Hitchcock. He says, music uh, speaks the words that can always be spoken. And that's really what a composer does here. And that's what John Williams is doing with these two very, very different melodies. Now, we still have some time, so I want to take a look at a couple of other melodies just to drive the point home. Let's get away from John Williams for a second. I'm going to play you another melody. This is a very uh, different melody uh, from a totally different franchise. Uh, check this out. I'm just going to play it for you. Okay, here it comes. 
Jesus. Interesting, okay. Here's the B section. This, of course, is the late Jerry Goldsmith score for Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, when Star Trek came roaring back into theaters in the late 70s, uh, this was the main title. Now, when you first hear it, you think, oh, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars. Is that bad? No. You've got the big brass. You've got, uh, you know, you've got the whole orchestra responding with those hits down below. Um, in a lot of ways, stylistically, it is that same call to adventure. But the melody, the melody does some really interesting and very different things, right? It's not, it's not... Uh, what key are we in? Right? On key B flat. So the melody already is doing some different things that the Star Wars melody isn't doing. First of all, yes, it doesn't start, it doesn't start like this. Right? It doesn't give you that that B flat, that that key that we're in right away. Right? Instead, it starts you here. That's interesting. It goes kind of like starts down at the dominant and it walks itself up, but then it starts to go back and then it goes way back and it actually borrows this note from a totally different key, you know, and then it does this huge interval leap. This is called a major seventh here. In order to get um, an octave higher from where you started, right? You started here and it just landed here. Tremendous effort. Tremendous effort. Uh, kind of like Indiana Jones, but it it's uh, it does it a little faster, and it takes an even bigger leap than Indiana Jones does. Uh, this to me seems like the achievement of humankind in order to uh, in order to get out and uh, and meet the rest of the galaxy. This is the this is uh, Zephram Cochran's uh, invention of warp drive. This is first contact. This is. Um, after many, many, many years of trying, including what we're doing now with SpaceX and all of that, right? This is where we are right now in, in this day and age. This huge breakthrough happens, right? Uh, that's what that melody is doing. Uh, and then you get this, uh, right? You get this great, this, this really, um, this really light and airy B section to me is the five-year journey. That's that's uh, getting back to classic Star Trek. That's getting back to Alexander Courage and the five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to go where no one has gone before. Um, all of that is in there. All of that is in there. You don't say it with the English language, but you say it with with uh, notes. You say it with melody. Um, it You can feel the yearning. You can feel the huge... Uh, Few, huge interval leaps. You can hear when music uh, dives downward and when it jumps up. You know, if I play this again, trying, and then huge jump, right? And then this is the victory. It's the victory lap, right? Look, look at what, look at all we achieved. Here it is again, celebrating 
the human spirit, celebrating the Federation. And here's the five-year journey. You feel that? Well, stay with me here because I've got one more that I'm going to play for you before we wrap this episode. Um, you know, I eventually want to get to all of these, right? I eventually want to do all of these movies and talk about them in greater detail and have some guests on and uh, people that are really, really in the know about this stuff and just have a conversation. But for now, we're just going to touch on all of these. Uh, I'm going to play you another melody. And um, this is really interesting because it's treated in a couple of different ways. Um, I'm going to play you one treatment of it. Here it comes. You know, it starts out so mysterious, and then you just get this longing for home, right? So, uh, you know, that's one treatment of it. The other treatment of it, of course, is... Uh Moving forward. Now, that, of course, is Alan Silvestri's melody for Back to the Future from 1985. Um, incredible melody. Well, what is it doing there? Right? Again, if you're in this key of G major, right? Um, you lift this tone a little bit. And you get this thing called Lydian. I'll get into that later. But, you know, if you're in the key of G and you start here, again, you're not on the, you're not on G, you're on the dominant. And then you go down, right? And then you come back up and you get this really crazy. Huh. So you're here and now this is where you start. And then you go all the way down or back. And when you pop back up, it's modified and different. It's actually kind of wrong. And this is the tension that I'm talking about that you need to resolve. Right? But if you're successful in your mission with Doc Brown, you'll reach new heights. Right? Back to the future. <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> right? I mean, am I, am, I'm not making this up. Okay, this, it just feels right. And this, this melody, you know, this, uh, you know, especially when it's played softly, you get that feeling, that longing for home, right? I'm a terrible piano player, as you can probably tell, but the idea is to just plonk out the notes so you can hear them very slowly and very clearly. Before I wrap up, I want to invite all of you to email listener feedback to the soundtrack show at howstuffworks.com. I'd love to hear from you. In my experience in doing these podcasts, 
Uh, and certainly, as you can probably already tell, I don't know everything there is to know. And I learn a lot from the audience, and I hope to learn from you and have an exchange of ideas. I'd love to read some of your listener feedback on the show and uh, use it as a uh, jumping off point for more great conversation. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Soundtrack HSW or on Facebook and Instagram at Soundtrack Show HSW. Back to the Future, Star Trek, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. They all have something in common, even though their melodies are very different. They are telling stories with music. Um, I could go on and on. There's so many different, so many different great melodies that do this. Um, but these are just a few for now, just to whet your appetite for what the soundtrack show is and where we're going to go. Uh, I eventually want to take a deep dive on one project in particular, uh, and uh, we're going to do that very soon. But for now, this is just something for you to think about. Great melodies tell great stories. And great film composers are great storytellers. All this and more on The Soundtrack Show. Thank you. Thank you.